Hello friends. I'm really excited about sharing a, a brief teaching with you today. Uh, this is a podcast of sorts, but you know, I just had something burning in my heart that I wanted to share. I am planning, by the way, to do what I feel like is a significant word for all of us, for the nation coming soon. I know I talked about that a few days, days ago. Sometimes I'll say I'm going to do it and then feel hesitation like I need to marinate this message a little more but but I do have things stirring in my heart but this is different and this is this is literally going to be a brief teaching I was uh, on a program the other night with uh, Kenneth Copeland's ministry and network it's called Flashpoint Gene Bailey is the host does a great job I really appreciate them and all that they do and uh, he wanted to do a program regarding abortion. Talk about, you know, the different uh, aspects of it and what we can do to pray into it. And he also talked some about how we want to see people healed that have been uh, negatively impacted by abortion. And, uh, you know, Abby Johnson was on. She She's the, the girl whose who's life... Um, story part of it was depicted in the movie unplanned i'm sure some of you saw that she used to work i think she ran an abortion clinic and uh, had a couple of abortions herself but the lord gave her a revelation uh, of the fact that uh, these were not just fetuses they they're babies and uh, changed her life and and now she has given her life to save the babies and uh, he asked her a question at one point on the program, you know, how do you, do you ever experience condemnation, grief? How did you get healed? How would you counsel, talk to others about getting healed? And my heart really began to stir when that was uh, said uh, with some of this that I'm going to teach you right now. I shared two or three minutes of it on the program, but I knew I couldn't do this justice in two or three minutes. So I decided I'm going to do do it this way and, and bring this teaching. And I want to say from the start, it's it's not just applicable for people who've had an abortion. This is just a general principle that is very powerful regarding God's restorative power, his healing power. It doesn't matter if you've been hurt in that way and you're struggling with the guilt of your past or with condemnation or you went through a broken relationship or you lost your business. I mean, anything has to do with hope deferred, guilt, grief. This is a powerful message uh, from the Lord for you. This so stirred in me that I actually went to bed that night thinking about it. And every time I woke up through the night, which was several times, I woke up thinking about this, this word. And then when I woke up the next morning, for, for the final time, it was on my mind. And I knew at that point, the Lord is He's speaking to me to share this. And so I believe it's going to be used by the Lord to bring healing to quite a few people. Uh, I believe some of you will want to share this with friends and family members. In fact, I'm just going to ask you to do that. Please share this. Even if people you know uh, that, that don't need it, they'll know someone who does. Let's get this message really out there because I know God wants to use it to bring restoration and healing to people. And as you can see, I've got my little pad up here 
and rearrange things a little bit so I can actually uh, put some words up here and, and teach this message. The verse I want to use is Romans 8, 28, a very familiar verse. It says, God calls us all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But you know that that verse is, I don't think it's understood nearly well enough. It's such a, there's such a powerful hidden message there that I want to bring. Uh, I don't want you just to and God doesn't want us to just sit back and think, well, you know, one of these days, he'll, he'll, he'll bring something good out of this. Now, this is much stronger than that. And I'm really going to focus on that phrase for those who are called according to his purpose. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean only those that are walking out of calling can claim that verse? Or those of us that are, boy, we're really doing a good job at, at serving the purposes of God. If we do that, he'll do this for us. Not what it means at all. So I'm going to focus on that phrase, according to his purpose, and specifically the word purpose. So that word in this verse, the word purpose, is uh, the word in Greek, prothesis. Now it's not that I'm trying to give you a Greek lesson, but I want to break down the word and show you how we get the meaning of it, because it, the word literally means pro in Greek, does what pre does in English. So it means to do something ahead of time, pre. And, and then you can see easily the word thesis here. And we do indeed get our English word thesis from this Greek word. Well, what is a thesis? Well, a thesis is, is uh, let me just go ahead and put that over here, up here, so we can... Uh, point to it pre-thesis because actually what I'm going to do now this is translated in the verse remember purpose what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you two English meanings or words that we get from this Greek word prothesis first one of course is pre-thesis well a thesis as you know is a dissertation or a report that explains the what, the why, the how of something. Uh, you write a thesis, you present a thesis, you're explaining that subject. And uh, it could be about a person, could be about another subject. But this is how we get out of this word the concept of purpose, because it's the what, the how, the why of a particular subject. So when you, when you, when you use that definition and you put the pro or the pre on the front of it, now you have this wonderful concept that means God did this for us. He wrote our story. He planned our life. He gave us our purpose and he wrote about it, which we're going to get to in a minute. Before we were ever born, he did it in advance, ahead of time. Before you were ever born, God knew what he wanted to do with your life. And he wrote about it uh, in his book in heaven. I'll get to that in just a minute. There's another great verse that I'm going to mention first that also sheds some light on God doing this ahead of time and planning, planning things for us ahead of time. And it's Ephesians 2.10, which says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared for us ahead of time. 
And the word workmanship there is this interesting Greek word. Messed up. There we go. P-O-I-E-M-A. Wow, let's just do this. Poema. It's, it's a word that describes a master, craftsman, seamstress, uh, tailor, writer, composing or making something. It's a, it's a creator fashioning something. So you can probably see the word poem in poema. You could literally translate that verse. We are his poem. He wrote about you before you were ever born. And you may think your life doesn't rhyme, but God has a plan. And he, wa he wants to bring the rhythm and the, the beauty uh, out that he designed for. Poem, poema. It's also the word for weaving a garment. Uh, taking a piece of fabric, turning it into a beautiful dress or a suit of clothes, which is most likely what it's saying in this verse. He's going to live in us, and he's designing us as a garment he's going to wear. We're wrapped around him. He's inside, and he's, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're going to reveal through the, through the garment that he's woven or through the poem that he's written what he had in mind for us. A beautiful word. But in keeping with the concept of this tailor or seamstress, taking a piece of cloth and turning it into a garment, the phrase prepared beforehand is significant because he, we are his workmanship, which he created in Christ Jesus, good works for us so we would walk in them, which he pre prepared for us ahead of time. That's the word pro etoimazo. And there's that pre in advance again. That's how they get ahead of time or beforehand. But this part of the word means to measure. To measure in advance. So the context here of a, of a tailor who's going to make a what we call a tailor-made garment or a dress that's, that's, um, that's designed and made and... and uh, and fits perfectly. A tailor-made fit is like your inseam is not 38, it's 38 and a quarter. Your, your chest is not 40 or 42, it's 42 and 5 eighths because when they're finished, this is a garment that literally was designed for you. So put it and measured for you. And so put it back in the verse, it's saying, God, because he knew in advance what he wanted to do with you, he measured you for that. That means he thought, he said, okay, um, Dutch is going to be a teacher. So I'm, I'm going to have to form his personality and shape him in a way that he, he loves to read and study and uh, dig into lexicons. <laughs> you know, I can spend hours and hours and hours. I've spent sometimes, some days I've spent 10, 12 hours wading through books now. Now, of course, we have it on our computer, but but I've had them stacked all over my desk. And people, what do you do? I'm studying this Greek word. Wow, you can't believe what I'm getting. And they look at me like, this guy's crazy. But God made me that way because he knew what he wanted to do with me. He knew that I would be traveling a lot and spend for the last 25, 30 years, half of my life in hotels by myself. 
you know? And so he gave me a personality. He measured me and said, he's going to need to be okay with being alone. He's going to have to like solitude. He's going to be more of a quiet personality, except when I'm speaking. So he made me that way. Someone else said, oh, I'm going to use them to be a singer. So they're going to need a beautiful voice. This, this person, they're going, they're going to need to be good with their hands. You ever see anybody, they can just look at a picture on a box and put it together, uh, a toy or whatever. I can't put it together with all the instructions, you know, half the time. But some people just, God gave them a mind. It's like an engineer. They can just do it. And so this verse says he measured us in advance because he knows what he wants for us. He knows the purpose. He knows uh, what the poem says. And so he put in us what we, what we would need to do that because he is a God of purpose. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thought. There are a few verses I have jotted down here where different people in scripture uh, reference the fact that God called them to do something from their mother's womb. Jeremiah, uh, the first chapter of Jeremiah says that he was called to be a prophet from his mother's womb. Not later in life, God didn't decide, I think I'll make him a prophet. No, he was forming, fashioning him, writing the thesis, writing the poem, weaving the garment, measuring him. I know what he's going to need to have. He was doing that while Jeremiah was being formed. Paul said in Galatians, I was called to be an apostle from my mother's womb. So God made him a certain way. And you can study the life of Paul and see what a unique person he was. Well, it's because God measured him in advance, measured him in advance while he's writing his story, the thesis for his life. And then he put it all together while he was still in his mother's womb. So, you know, Paul at one point in his life is, is, is not a very nice person. He's such a, he was such a zealot for the Jewish cause that he, he hated Christianity. Paul was a persecutor of the church before he was saved. He was, he was responsible for taking uh, people and throwing them in prison. He was responsible for killing people. He oversaw the, the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr of the church. Paul was not a nice person. But as far as God was concerned, all the way back to his mother's womb, God said, I've set him apart as an apostle. So God knew that he could, we're going to get to this in just a moment. He knew I'll get him past that and I can deal with that part of his life because I've written some other things and that's, that's where I'm taking him. Beautiful. John the Baptist, filled with the spirit, called to be a forerunner for Christ to prepare the way for the Messiah. John, Luke chapter one says from his mother's womb. So early on, God is, you know, we think he was weird. Well, John needed to be made a certain way to to be used by God as he was. Yeah, he was different, but he had to be different. A lot of times forerunners, people that are pioneers in that sense, they are different. John certainly was. But God did it in advance and made him who he needed him to be. And of course, the last reference, Psalm 139, references all of us. It says God was forming and fashioning us in our mother's womb. And it says before we ever took our first breath, God had written a book, written our story 
in his book in heaven. So you're not a surprise. You're not an accident. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. And he, he has a very wonderful plan for your life. That doesn't mean he wrote into it all the bad stuff that's happened to you. But I'm going to show you in a minute that the bad stuff that does happen, he wrote into your story how he was going to heal that and fix that. So beautiful passage uh, with these words, purpose, prothesis, which means to prethesis, write our story and even measure us and give us exactly the fit we need in advance. But this is the first meaning, first English word that comes from prothesis. But there's a second word I want to mention that comes from the same Greek word from which we get purpose. And that's the word. It's going to look like I'm writing prothesis, but I'm not because this is the English word prosthesis. All you have to do is put an S in there and you get our English word prosthesis. What is a prosthesis? Well, I'm sure most of you know, but we do have people that watch these from other nations. English is not their first language, so they may not be familiar with this English word, but a prosthesis is a device or artificial body part designed to restore use to a particular part of the body. So an artificial leg for someone who's lost a leg is, is a prosthesis or an arm or a hand. That's a prosthesis comes from the same Greek word for purpose and prethesis, our purpose. Why would this word for purpose be the word for prosthesis? Because the reason is because a prosthesis restores purpose. So that which is made to restore purpose comes from the same word as purpose. So you have pro also, which means what? In advance. Prosthesis. Now this is what is so beautiful. This, this word is telling us, God is telling us, I put in my word for purpose, prosthesis, prothesis. It not only means prethesis, you, I put in the very concept of this word of what I do when I form someone. I put in the same word for purpose, restored purpose, because my plan was not only to give you purpose, but my plan is already already written in your life. Already, I've already planned for it. That when Satan or life or your own mistakes try to cut off a piece of your life, your destiny, your purpose, I've already written in your story how I'm going to restore that. I don't have to come up with a plan. I already have the plan. And this is so strong and so important to him. I just put I just put this in the word purpose that I that when something happens to your thesis a page gets torn out or the enemy comes in and you go through a broken marriage or you lose your business or you're rejected as a child or you're abused or like Abby Johnson you find yourself working in an abortion clinic managing it and you know hundreds, probably thousands of babies. You've had a part in taking their life. You, you aborted a couple of your own. What, what do you do with that when you realize 
there are some splotches there. There, there's some, there's some pages that aren't good. Well, God wants us to know. I knew that was coming. Didn't catch me by surprise. And I wrote into your story, my plan to restore your purpose. And, and unlike the doctors, unlike human doctors and scientists who don't have the ability to truly replace that limb uh, and restore 100% usefulness and ability, I'm the creator. And when I'm finished with my restored purpose, it's, uh, you know, I want to say it's, it's like new, it's as good as new, but I, I want to say something, it, it's better. Because when God gets finished with his restoration, he doesn't just make it okay. He, he transforms. And so uh, we, we, he wants us to know whatever happened in your life, to interrupt the story, to try to take it to where it's going to be an ugly story. You're a murderer, Paul. Saul of Tarsus. But Saul came to a point in his life when he came under the blood of Jesus, when he realized I'm a new creation. That's not who I am. He made this outlandish statement once after he was born again, transformed from Saul to Paul. He makes this outlandish statement. I have wronged no man. How can you say that? You, you, you killed people. You, you oversaw their murder. You threw them in prison because he understood Yes, but when you come to the chapter, when you come your, to the part of your book where it, you get to the chapter on restoration and healing and transformation, God doesn't go back past there again. You get to chapter 10, that's your restoration, that's your cleansing. As far as he's concerned, he never goes back to 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He, he, wrote, he, he writes that chapter in blood red, the blood of his son. And from then on, you're living, you're living the reborn part of the book. And it's just, I kept thinking, you know, when I was listening to her story, how many people out there need this revelation? How many women who've had abortions or men that participated or have done other things or experienced setback? You need to know that the word for purpose is also the word for restored purpose. And God has a plan to work it out for your good. He's not trying to come up with it. He already put it in your story. This is how I'm going to use this. It's just so amazing and, and beautiful. I was thinking about John Newton uh, as I was meditating, laying in bed that morning, and even through the night, I was thinking about how God does this. And he reminded me of John Newton, the former slave trader. I, I can't think of anything that I, I think would be more despicable than being a slave trader. But, you know, he... He, he, he came to Christ, born again. He's got this awful past that is in his book. God didn't write it, plan it, but it got in there. And God saves him. And now he moves on from the chapter of restored purpose. And God gives him the song Amazing Grace, which they say has been sung more than any other song in the world in all of time, all of history, Amazing Grace. So 
We look at John Newton, we might see a slave trader, but God doesn't. He doesn't go past that chapter where the blood of Jesus comes in and cleanses. And you move into prosthesis, restore purpose. You say, you might see a slave trader. I don't. You might see one that brought pain and devastation to thousands. That's not who I see. Well, you see that, I hear a song that will be used to heal millions. Oh, that's just incredible. How many funerals? How many people have received comfort? How many people have come to Christ through the song? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. But it's God's prosthesis. He can heal any, doesn't matter what you've done. He can just so eradicate it in your line, in your DNA, in your genes, in your, even your mind to where you move into the restored purpose, restored to what he had in mind for you. So you might, you might look at the last few years of your life and you might see bankruptcy, business was lost. COVID took a lot of people's business. You say, I'll never recover. No, no, don't say that. Because God wrote into your story, restored purpose. And you might see devastation and bankruptcy, but he sees a new business with you making more money than you've ever made. You may have lost a marriage. You may be dealing with pain, maybe dealing with shame. You may have in your life, you may have been an adulterer, you may have caused the problem. You think you could never recover. Well, I have news for you. He wrote into your story how he would restore you. Your prosthesis is there. I tell you, when you get to that chapter, he never goes back past that. He brings complete healing. And it's not just a pretty story. It's literal to him. He says, I don't remember that anymore. When it goes under the blood, I separate that from you as far as the east is from the west. I don't remember it anymore. Powerful story. So here's what I want to end this with. God says he wants to work things together for good. All things, he said, for those called according to his purpose, his restored purpose. He doesn't want you to live life based on what you wrote. He wants you to live life based on, according to his prethesis. And he wrote in yours, your prosthesis. He wants you to live your life according to his healing power, according to his new beginning, according to his new creation reality. I don't care if you've had an abortion. If it's under the blood of Jesus, as far as he's concerned, you didn't have one. He separates that from you. That's not who you are anymore. And you, you need to ask for revelation. We're going to do that in just a moment. You need to ask for revelation. True revelation to, to give you this incredible revelation as Paul had. Where he said, I haven't wronged any. I've never wronged a person because... He wrote into your story how he would restore you completely. And you don't have to live under the shadow of that anymore. You're not a slave trader. You're a songwriter. And by the way, 
John Newton also became the pastor of William Wilberforce, who was used more than any other person responsible for eradicating slavery from the British Empire. Here's a guy that Satan tries to write his story and make him this despicable human being. When God gets a hold of him, he writes, yes, but I'm going to do this. And he may have caused this back then, but I, I'm writing into his story that he's going to be used to be a part of eradicating that from an entire kingdom and write a song that will help millions of people. That's how big, how powerful our God is. Let me pray for you right now. I believe God's going to heal some people from the pain, the grief, the trauma right now while we pray. I, I have felt this since that night. He wants to heal you. He doesn't want you to live under the pain, the grief, the guilt, condemnation anymore. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now who are struggling with the guilt, the condemnation. The woman who's watching me that had an abortion, once in a while, maybe she grieves often or maybe just on occasion, she goes to that place and experiences the grief and the condemnation or the husband who was a part of it. Lord, I'm asking you to, to let them know right now that that sin, that wrong decision is not as powerful as the blood of Jesus. That you cleanse it away from them and you write another chapter in the book. You already did this in advance. This is how I will restore and heal them. Just take your power, your blood, your healing balm right now, and just wash through their soul, Lord. And other uh, problems, issues, things that people struggle with, habits, mistakes they made, things that life has thrown in them, things that other people have done to them. Lord, I'm asking you now, I'm asking you, in the name of Jesus to give them revelation that the same word for purpose is the word for restored purpose. And you're going to work things together in a way that 100% complete, full restoration takes place in them. Lord, no loss, no setback, no abuse, nothing life can throw at them is greater than the power of the blood of Jesus. So we put our faith in that now. And we say moving forward, we're going to confess and declare every day that that is gone, that I'm a new person, that that no longer exists. That's washed away by the blood. And the pain has to go. And the, and the condemnation has to go. It has to, because that's not what he measured you for. He measured you for freedom. He measured you for healing. He, he measured you. He, your poem, that stanza's gone. It, it's going to rhyme now. There's going to be reason to it. Father, I thank you for this. 
And I speak your healing power to people right now. And I say to those in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. That's how the chapter starts, by the way, Romans 8. Same passage. That's how it starts. No condemnation. It's all gone. And here's why. So thank you, Father. I commit this teaching to you. Use it to heal many people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me, for taking the time to do this. If you know somebody that is struggling, needs healing, inner healing, sit, share this with them. Share with others, that, because as I said at the beginning, there'll be some that hear this that they don't need it, but they know someone who does. Let's get this message out. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful revelation. I love you and appreciate you. And I'll be sharing with you soon some things God's put in my heart for the nation. Thank you and God bless you.